You're listening to today's inspirational message on the book of Titus with Kay Warheit. This is Kurt Bjorklund. Welcome to Five Good Minutes. Today we're considering Titus 2 and Kay Warheit, who has served as Director of Women's Ministry at our Wexford campus and Connections at our Butler campus, will be leading our thinking and conversation today and is part of just a great staff team here at Orchard Hill. Enjoy today. Today we continue reading in the New Testament book of Titus, chapter 2, where we read the Apostle Paul's words to young Titus, a missionary on the island of Crete. You know, we might naively think that the early church had an easier time in influencing those who lived right after Christ's arrival on earth than, than our church has today, but in the Expositor's Bible commentary edited by Frank Gabeline, we can see that it wasn't easier, and the purpose of Paul's letter to Titus was to, quote, encourage and strengthen Titus in the fulfillment of the commission. Because, he goes on, the condition of the already existing churches was discouraging. They were inadequately organized, lax and indifferent. The Christians were adversely influenced by the prevailing low moral standards in Crete. And finally, he said, perhaps the gospel, the grace of God, had been misinterpreted to mean that salvation was unrelated to daily conduct. Unrelated to daily conduct. It wasn't to be a religion of pagan gods or sacrifice, but Christianity that brings new life in Jesus and is will be lived out in daily conduct in our homes, in our churches, and in the workplace. Which then brings us to the second chapter of Titus, verses 9 and 10, where Paul addressed the Christian work ethic for slaves. First, I have to tell you, in the footnote of my NIV Bible, it says that slavery was a basic element of a Roman society. And the impact of Christianity upon slaves was a vital concern. Guidance of the conduct of Christian slaves was essential. Probably a high percentage of Titus's church outreach involved sharing the good news of the gospel with slaves. So it says in verses 9 and 10 of the second chapter of Titus, Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, not to steal from them but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God and our Savior attractive. Years ago, our man in our church was so impressed when he heard the pastor tell us that we are to think of ourselves in a new light by saying, I am a child of God, cleverly disguised as a, and then you fill in your profession. For example, I am a child of God, cleverly disguised as a salesperson or cleverly disguised as a teacher or a medical technician, any profession. The point is to see the reality of life on earth. When we live through Jesus, we can go freely to the one true God, glorify and enjoy him, and then our profession takes on a different meaning. But I have to think if you apply that to young Titus, it's hard to imagine saying this to the men and women in his congregation, I'm a child of God cleverly disguised as a slave. Hmm. In addition, the NIV footnote on Titus 2.10 says that the word master is a Greek word and is translated into English despot or a dictator or tyrant who had absolute authority over a slave. Those men and women needed the hope of the gospel as much as we do today. What about the gospel to men and women in the workplace now? Fast food workers hospital employees, first responders, teachers, police, Amazon deliverers, among others being overworked, underpaid, and harassed. 
maybe not to the level of Roman slaves, but nevertheless, those who also need Paul's words that reflect Matthew 22. Jesus told us the two commandments, the first to love God first, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's in our work, in our conduct. To do our best in our work, not talking back, not taking what doesn't belong to us, and by having integrity in our words so that we can be trusted workers and point to the one true God in our behavior. At times, serving God in the workplace means standing up for what is best as well. In the October 1972 issue of Christianity Today magazine, I found an article by Howard Snyder entitled The People of God, Implications for Church Structure. It just hit me that this seemed to be appropriate. He said, The political novelty which God brings into the world is a community of those who serve instead of ruling, who suffer instead of inflicting suffering, whose fellowship crosses social lines instead of reinforcing them. This Christian community is not only a vehicle of the gospel or fruit of the gospel, it is the good news. We thank you, Father, once again for the timeless words of life that the Bible gives. Show us how to be children of God through your Holy Spirit, cleverly disguised as men and women of this world. We ask for guidance and wisdom in you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us here today. There's a lot of great content to explore on Orchard Hill Plus and on the Orchard Hill main feed from the weekend. Have a great day. 